Okay, so we've looked at the impact then of non-adherence, the determinants of it, the extent, and research into interventions. And we've come to the point um, this year where we have the NICE clinical guideline on medicines adherence, involving patients in decisions about prescribed medicines and supporting adherence. And this was developed from two questions. Why don't some people take their prescribed medicines and what can be done about that? The guidance isn't aimed at one set of health professionals. It's, it sort of acknowledges that different health professionals are now involved in all stages of the patient pathway, so prescribing, reviewing and dispensing medicines. So it's not directed at one particular set of health professionals, but clearly pharmacists having a, a role now in all of those aspects. Clearly this re uh, guidance does have relevance for pharmacists. So the NICE guidance states that healthcare professionals need to consider perceptual and practical factors that influence a patient's motivation and ability to adhere to agreed treatment. And in order to do that, in practice, it requires recognition that non-adherence is common. So we need to accept that non-adherence happens, and it may be the case. So we sort of have to go, go from a baseline of assuming that whatever patient you see, there's a good chance that they're not adhering to the medication. Well, at least 50% of them aren't needs to take a patient-centred approach, need to encourage patients to discuss adherence and to make informed decisions about treatment. But importantly, a non-blame approach. So, you know, you try to initiate a discussion about adherence with somebody, then there might be an assumption from their side that, you know, OK, I'm, what's going to happen here? You're going to blame me for something. You know, I'm doing a bad thing. We just have to, and we do sort of have to step back from that and encourage patients to talk about adherence and their doubts and concerns about treatment because even though to us they may seem irrational, they, they're you know, perfectly logical to a patient. Also needs a frank and open approach. So the NICE guidance sets out a number of key steps for implementation and it sort of breaks it down into four sections. Involving patients in decisions about medicines, so improving communication with patients, increasing involvement in decision-making, increasing understanding of the patient's perspective, and to provide information. To support adherence, we need to assess adherence and consider interventions to increase adherence. Finally, we have to think about reviewing medicines and improving in communication between health professionals. So those key steps are set out in the NICE guidance. There's also um, a pharmaceutical society uh, guideline, so a little bit like the practice guidance that they uh, give out for things like, you know, POM2Peace switches. And they've produced guidance that they sort of highlighted the, the points that they think are particularly relevant for pharmacists and developed a checklist, which we'll look at in a moment. First, what I want to do, though, is show you sort of, a sort of break in that, is to show you this care pathway uh, that's taken directly from the guidance. I just think it gives a, it shows... You know, the, the pathway the patient takes, <clears throat> all the points at which they can be seen by a healthcare professional, and the point at which a healthcare professional can intervene, but also all the points where things can go wrong. So medicine prescribed but not dispensed, medicine dispensed but not taken. And obviously the last person in that chain is the pharmacist a lot of the time, or the dispensing professional, as they describe it in the NICE guidance, which I assume refers to a pharmacist. So, you know, just goes to show that there's a, there's a key role there, because a lot of the time, last person to see the patient, last person to deal with any concerns or um, problems that they have with their treatment. Okay, so the pharmacy checklist from the RPSGB guidance. Quite a few things there that they're 
uh, they think are relevant to pharmacists. So adapting the consultation style to patients' needs, for example. So giving all patients an opportunity to be involved in making decisions and adapting your consultation style as depending on what, what it is that they want. And making it easy for the patient, you know, perhaps having to give them written information, making explanations clear to them. Establishing the level of involvement that the patient wants in decisions about treatment. So again, need to offer all patients an opportunity to be involved in decisions, but also have to establish what ex to what extent they want that involvement to be. So it might be that they don't want any involvement. They're happy to just take, to go with the advice of the health professional, and that, that's fine. It might be that they, they just sort of want a halfway house where they you know, have a chat about the condition, but they're happy to sort of pass over the final decision to the health professional. Or it might be that they want full involvement. They want to you know, be involved every step of the way. Important thing is not to assume, not to make assumptions about a patient and what their desire for involvement might be. So, for example, there may be a misconception that the older patients may not want as much um, participation in decisions about treatment. So always go, from, always go from the starting point of this patient may want some involvement and I've got to offer that to them. Establish the patient perspective, and that is in order for them to make an informed choice about adherence. And we've talked about some of the factors that um, patients consider when taking medicines already. So the, you know, their orientations toward taking medicines, their ideas about illness, their ideas that their friends and their family have got about illness. <coughs> also need to provide information. Need to provide this information, though, in a sort of develop a participatory style. So have a situation where patients can ask questions or encouraged to ask questions, not just a sort of um, a monologue of information that you give to a patient. That is something that has, from research, has tended to happen in the past, both you know, with all health professionals, you know, doctors, pharmacists, you know, just this idea that if I, just give, if I give information, you know, it will go in, it will be understood, and that will be fine. Not necessarily the case. You need to develop a more participatory style. And think about the way in which that information is provided as well. So it might be that written information will help, but it might be sometimes that it won't, particularly the patient information leaflets. Not always as patient-friendly as they could be. Need to routinely assess adherence and tailor interventions to increase adherence. So in assessing adherence, again, need to have conversations with patients. <coughs> Ask them about their medicine-taking behaviour. Well, explain why, why you're asking them. You know, you just, you know, sort of, you know, we're aware that some patients may have problems with taking their medicines. You know, is that the case for you? Is there any, you know, are there any times you've missed a, a dose of your tablet and why is that? But again, going back to that non-accusatory non style and the no-blame approach. And the ways in which you can assess adherence are patient self-report. It might be that you use your PMR uh, as a guide, so to calculate if they've been collecting the medicine. After that, you go on to more sort of sophisticated ways of measuring adherence, which probably aren't practical on a daily basis. And then tailor the interventions to increase adherence. Remember that one, one size doesn't fit all when it comes to these um, interventions. So think, you know, don't, don't just say, right, okay, medi-dose medi box will help or doset box will help. It, it might not do. Um, and like we said earlier, the evidence is inconclusive. It might be that you need to uh, take a, a number of approaches in order to increase adherence. Inquire about adherence during MUR or medicines reconciliation. Really important 
roles that the pharmacist has got, particularly MUR, which you know you, you hear time and again. You know, it's not meant to be a clinical check; it's meant to be a, an assessment of adherence. And it goes back to the the point that was made earlier about the sort of the ongoing support phase. So after the patient has first been prescribed the medicine, you know, when you see them again, you know, month after month, repeat prescriptions, for example, if you see them for an MUR. You need to inquire about adherence at those points. And again, you might have to go back, sort of go back to a discussion about what their concerns are about treatment. Remember that those things might change, particularly as they've taken the medicine for a while and they might have experienced side effects. <coughs> ensure information gathered is communicated to other healthcare providers, but ensure that confidentiality is not breached. So lots of health professionals nowadays can be involved with one patient and need to communicate between each other to, to discuss patients' adherence, but, you know, taking confidentiality into account. So the RPSGB guidance lists in detail the actions pharmacists need to take to implement the guidance. And it's clear then that pharmacists have got a role in supporting adherence at the time of prescribing, if they're a pharmacist prescriber, at the time of dispensing, if they're conducting MURs, medicines reviews, or medicines reconciliation. Also, the white paper has talked to, also talked a lot about medicines adherence. It was talking about the, they're going to develop a support programme for patients when they first prescribed uh, medicine for a long-term condition, and pharmacists um, having an input there. So pharmacists are ideally placed to support adherence, because as we've said, that, you know, quite often at the end of the line uh, for the patient, you know, at the point where the medicine is being dispensed. And as, in the, as it identified in the white paper, um, Pharmacy is a sort of, um, a, perhaps a slightly more informal environment where somebody might be more prepared to talk about these things. 